Well Loved by Lindsay Cornette. I am standing over the kitchen counter, my glue gun in one hand, and a tiny square of well-loved fabric, minky and striped with worn satin trim around the edges, in the other. Until a few minutes ago, there was a stuffed elephant head sewn to the center of that square. We call it lovey. But as I was tucking Ruthie in for her nap, I tried to pull lovey out from under her arm, and its head got stuck. With a pop, the few remaining threads ripped and Ruthie wailed, holding a tiny square blanket in one hand and a gray elephant head in the other. I knew this would happen sooner or later. Lovey has been through a lot in Ruthie's three years of life. I have no sewing skills, but I'm a decent crafter, so a hot glue gun will have to do. Then, hopefully, nap time can continue as scheduled. After nap time, I offer to hold all her stuff as we make our way down to the dining room. Hand me your books and your animals, Ruthie. You hold the railing. She pauses and looks up at me, her brow furrowed a bit as she considers my offer. She's always negotiating between the most expedient and most independent ways to exist in the world. Okay, she concedes, letting out a dramatic sigh. But mom, you cannot have my lovey, okay? Lovey is so special to me. With each step we traverse, she tells me one more thing about lovey. How Lovey is so soft. Lovey wants to play. Do I remember when Lovey was lost and we found it in the dollhouse? I'm grateful that my shoddy repair work has not registered with her or diminished her affection one bit. When we finally make it downstairs, she stops and yells, I love my Lovey very, very much. She squeezes it with all the strength and affection her toddler arms can muster. Carter's sells these types of baby toys with matching layette sets in size newborn, a small puppy or safari animal attached to a tiny blankie. This particular elephant was actually a gift for my middle child from my mother, but he was always a muslin blanket loving boy and didn't care much for stuffies. It sat decoratively on a shelf until Ruthie was a newborn. She was fussing in her swing one day when I grabbed the elephant from its perch and tucked it in next to her. Would you like a lovey, sweet girl? I offered. She stopped fussing. She likes it, I declared. And that was that. When I was six months old, my aunt and uncle gifted me a doll for my first Christmas. She had a stuffed body, a little different from your typical baby doll. You could squeeze her foot to play music, spin a plastic piece on her belly to make a rattling and clicking noise, or play peekaboo with a mirror on her chest. Her hair was made from loops of yellow yarn that peeked out from below the rim of a little bonnet. On her back were two pink straps so she could be tied to the rails of a crib. That's just what my mom did, and I began the habit of rubbing my nose on that yellow hair. Her name was Sally. I lost her once at SeaWorld. My parents were pushing me around in an umbrella stroller when I suddenly looked down and realized it. Sally was gone. My only additional memory from that day is of my dad, t-shirt tucked into his denim shorts, poking around in a SeaWorld trash can, hoping for a glimpse of pink fabric or yellow hair. We left the theme park without Sally that day, but someone found her eventually and SeaWorld shipped her home to us. When she arrived, my mom snuck her off to the laundry room because God knows where she had been. When my mom handed her to me, fresh out of the dryer, I sat right down on the laundry room floor, shoved my nose into her hair and sobbed. In my head, I silently cried, I missed you, Sally, I missed you. 
As I worked with my mom and Nanny Ruth to plan my wedding, Nanny thought it would be lovely to display Sally somewhere for all the reception guests to see, on a table with a guest book, perhaps. This odd suggestion came from the same classy woman who insisted we cannot invite guests from out of town without offering them a cocktail. It's just not done. Cocktails I agreed with, but a childhood toy display I did not. I was getting married, for goodness sakes, entering womanhood and adulthood for real this time. College was evidently just a warm-up. I wanted to say, somehow, I'm not that little girl anymore. I've grown and changed. Sally was special then, and maybe she'll always be special, but I am no longer that girl. Sally now lives in a box somewhere in my parents' house, and if I'm honest, when I think about her, a sort of warmth and fondness rises in my chest. I still love her, I guess, but I don't need her. Some things never change until suddenly they do. I don't know how long Ruthie will cling to lovey or how long Leo will want to carry his blankies everywhere. The blankets have holes and lovey's neck is surrounded by glue gun residue, the satin trim around its edges pilling and permanently stained. I have not needed to fish lovey from a theme park trash can, knock on wood, but I should probably learn to sew while those skills would still be of use to Lovey. I know the time will come when my children will look beyond stuffies and blankies for comfort. I will stash their favorites in the attic, hoping for the day we might pull them back out again for nostalgia's sake, or maybe even to pass them along to the next generation. They will be musty and yellowed, but still loved. In the meantime, I will wash those blankets with extra hot water. I'll load another glue stick into the glue gun and try, yet again, to get that elephant's head on there good this time. Lindsay Cornett, you are so awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm really grateful for your wonderful writing. It's just always heartwarming and full of details where I feel like I can imagine the whole scene and... Uh, I just love this reflection on the things that our children love and the things that we love as well. I'd love to know from you um, what you're excited about regarding this Ages and Stages series. Oh, yeah. Great question. Well, I have just been sort of amazed by how much I have changed as I've parented my children. You know, mine are still young. Our oldest is only six. So I've only been through a few stages and ages so yeah. far, but the transformation is still just kind of amazing and has surprised me in a lot of ways. So I am just really excited about the variety of ways that our writers have captured all of those changes and transformations, mm -hmm. you know, both the good and the bad that we experience as moms. Um, there's just so much power in all these stories. So I'm really excited to share them with our, with our audience. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I was fortunate enough this time to not actually see any of the submissions until I was hearing the writer read them mm. in our chat times here. And so some of the times I just, I don't know if I was quite prepared for the emotional impact that it would have on me yeah. to hear the story for the first time in the writer's own words, uh, their own speaking voice. And it has been really meaningful too. Um, I, I think it's also kind of funny to hear them for the first time and then make the switch to real-time conversation with them because some <laughs> of the stories are not from their current 
spot in parenting, right. you know, and I, I think I was stuck my foot in my mouth more than once going like, oh, <laughs> so how are your three children? She's like, actually, I have six children now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my bad for like, just assuming that's where we were at. But um, I, I have the same problem sometimes because I write about all kinds of spots in my motherhood journey. And sometimes that was when I had two children. Sometimes it's when I had seven. And yeah, you've got a teenager now. So you've really done the whole thing. It's weird. I still think of myself as a young mom, but I don't know if I really fit in that category anymore. (laughs) Uh, Well, awesome. As part of the series, we've been asking questions to all the writers and I'll ask you a couple of them, even though we know a lot about you from being on the podcast, but um, I'd love to just hear from you what you would say to yourself prior to having kids if you could have a conversation with the girl before she was a mom. I would tell her to be open to surprise and open to being a beginner again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I, you know, I love my children, but I have struggled sometimes with parenting or with motherhood, like the day in and day out grind of it. And that surprised me, maybe not in the best way. Mm-hmm. And so I think I would just maybe need the reminder that not everything is going to go the way you expect it to go, but that is okay. Like that is just part of what makes life interesting. And, um, that's part of how we grow and change. So I think it would have to be something about, about that. Awesome. Yeah. It's really a good posture to take. I think whenever we're entering into new seasons and stages, it's just being open to what it brings. And so that's a really good thought. Um, now, because I know you love books, I would love to know what books you have read, uh, in the last couple of years, maybe that you think every mom should read. Well, one that comes to mind off the top of my head is um, Simply Tuesday by Emily Freeman. You know from talking to me that she's one of my favorite writers and favorite authors. And one of the things that um, I have needed to learn as a mom is to embrace some of the small moments, right? That not all of life is like one big grand adventure, or at least it doesn't always feel that way in the day to day. Mm -hmm. And in that book, Emily really paints just a really, she casts a really good vision for what it means to sort of embrace humility, to embrace some of life's smaller or less um, obviously exciting moments, you know, and to really find the meaning and the value in some of those smaller moments. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really valuable for moms because I think when we, before we become moms, we anticipate all of the like great big milestone moments we'll experience. And there are those moments and those Mm -hmm. are great, but it's also a lot of really small moments, you know, just conversations over the dinner table or changing another diaper or cleaning up at the end of the day again. You know, it's a lot of those sorts of things. And I think that book is helpful in kind of reframing some of those mm-hmm. parts of life. So good. Well, she is a fantastic writer and I have never read anything of hers that I wasn't grateful for having read. You know, it's yeah. just, yep. just, just great true. at capturing things that are very universal and yet really intimate as well to our daily lives. So great recommendation. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much. And can't wait to hear from you next time you're on. Sounds good. Thanks, Emily. 